Hello. Before we get down to cinema, I would like to draw your attention to our Patreon. Regular listeners will know that these podcasts are supported by Quad, our home cinema in Derby, UK. But as Quad is a charity, we want to make Cinelet as self-sustainable as possible. So, to that end, we have set up a two-tier way in which you can support Cinelit. For our 35mm Cinefans, you'll get a bonus additional episode each month where we will be deep diving into an area of cinema that will be exclusive to Patreon subscribers for at least six months before it arrives like a late dinner guest on the regular feed. Plus, you get the episodes a week in advance of the main feed release. But if you want to support us and don't feel that pressing need to have the additional podcast each month, but still want that warm, satisfying feeling of being part of the Cinelit success story then you can become an 8mm Cinefan, where you can donate and get our heartfelt thanks. Head over to the Patreon page and subscribe if you can. However, we know that times are hard at the moment, so please do not feel you need to subscribe if you are not able. We'll still be putting out new, free-to-listen-to episodes on a regular basis throughout the year. Now let's get back to your regular scheduled broadcast. Welcome to a festive edition of CineLit. We are today talking Christmas movies, but we did Christmas movies last year. So we covered some of the big hitters, and this year we thought we'd look at something alternative for you to watch this Christmas. Now, we're not talking alternative in the case of watching a a summer holiday movie or anything like that, just to get your mind out of Christmas. We still want that Christmas feel, but something that isn't played to death on TV and indeed in cinemas. My name is Adam Marsh, I'm your host today, and I'm joined as ever by our Cinelet resident expert, Daryl Buxton. How are you, Daryl? Yeah, good, thanks, Adam. Merry Christmas to everyone listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about some stuff that you, you, you might have overlooked or might not have seen. Uh, we'll bring something a little bit different to uh, the Christmas table. Yeah, and before we even start, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so we won't be discussing that in too much great detail. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's really now a mainstream Christmas movie mm-hmm. as well. You know, so so many people do that Die Hard is a Christmas movie thing that it's it's it's, it's not now, an alternative. It's now it's now it's a wonderful life. Yeah, isn't it? You know? yeah. So yeah, we're 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 looking we're taking a deep dive here. Absolutely, so, yeah. and we are also joined today by Dominic Burns, eighties uh, film lover and self-confessed. <laughs> Christmas nuts, I think your, your wording was. Pass me the more wine. <laughs> <laughs> the Bailey's coffee, mix them together. Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, whilst I always try and take on board other opinions, it is simple fact that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Absolutely. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to go into too much detail about that. Maybe, maybe we'll do it as a Patreon exclusive. We'll just die, deep, deep dive on Die Hard on why it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. in, I'm um, in. But no, we're talking about other types of uh, other, other Christmas movies for, for your time. Now, we touched base on a couple last year when we were talking. We touched base on Cash on Demand. Yeah, the Hammer film. The Hammer yeah, film with yeah. Peter Cushing, yeah. Uh, we touched a little bit based on The Silent Partner, I think, with Elliot yes, Gould. Yeah. Um, I actually listened to your podcast last year and went and watched Silent Partner. And it's Silent Partner. It's a great movie. I absolutely loved it. I don't know which one of you pair it was that recommended it. Daryl. You, Daryl. That, yeah, was, that yeah. was a great shout, that was. Really enjoyed it. And I'm going to watch Cash on Demand this year. Yeah. Yeah, I love Silent Partner. That's a real shout, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, earlier this year, we covered uh, the French Connection duo of films. Yeah, we, we, didn't record, we didn't record that. That was recorded sort of in, in the middle of the year it as was, well. Yeah. But we still managed to get references to Santa Claus. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, well, you know, Popeye yeah, Dial of yeah, Santa, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, that's another good alternative one. But we're talking, we, we, we've all picked one, maybe two films that are, are of consideration this Christmas. Who wants to go first? I think you should. Oh, I should. (laughs) You're the boss. Dip in silence there. No one wants to be. I know. I'm going to go with a fairly mainstream one, actually, because it's it's, it's a fairly big one, but it's one that I always love. And and until recently, I never really thought of it as a Christmas movie. And I'm still not sure whether I do think of it as a Christmas movie, but it's Batman Returns. Oh, great show. Um, Great show. I I love those first two Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, Big part of my childhood growing up. And Batman Returns is a beautiful film. And visually, it is imbued with Christmas. Uh, you know, the, the way it's shot, the way it's, the set design is done, it's, it's all about Christmas. It could have been called Batman Saves Christmas. Um, <laughs> probably I, should have been, though. Probably should have been, yeah. yeah. Batman Returns to Save Christmas um, <laughs> would have been a great title as well. But it doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't rely heavily on Christmas as a plot 
in the same way that like, say Die Hard does, where a lot of the plot sequences in, in Die Hard, you said we weren't going to talk about Die Hard, but here I am talking about Die Hard. <laughs> a lot of the plot sequences in Die Hard are about Christmas and have Christmas themes. This one doesn't really have that, but there's something about it that is Christmassy. But you can almost categorise Christmas movies in two ways, in a sense. A Christmas movie which is about Christmas or a Christmas movie which is set at Christmas. Both of which, for me, count as a Christmas movie, but they're just different types. Like, mm. for, I mean, like Die Hard isn't necessarily about Christmas. It's setting Christmas and Christmas is integral to the plot. And I, I'm talking about Die Hard again already. Yeah. But Batman Returns is very much a Christmas movie set at Christmas. It's, you know, it's aesthetic. It's very Christmassy, as you say. But it's not like... The, the fact that it is at Christmas isn't really central to the plot. I think there's a third so. one. I think there's, there's, there's sets at Christmas, about Christmas, and then there's a film that's not about Christmas, but utilises Christmas as a way to deliver its plot yeah, yeah, storyline, yeah, like yeah. Die Hard. Yeah, that's and fair. and I, I, I would split that set at Christmas category as well into two halves. I think there are films that are set at Christmas that sort of lean towards Christmas as part of the field. And there are films that are set at Christmas that have nothing to do with Christmas. And you just get the date. Almost a shame. Black December the 22nd suddenly flashes up on yeah. screen. And you think, oh, right. While these guys are all shooting each other, aren't, aren't, aren't their wives out buying presents? You know. So, yeah, you do, you do get these films that are set in late December. But isn't absolutely go out of their way to avoid mentioning Christmas. Isn't Alien set at Christmas? Yeah, I think so. I think someone mentioned something. To me. I said we we're going to go, we recording this podcast today, and he went, "Oh yeah, like aliens at Christmas." So yeah, but this 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 <laughs> whole, yeah, this I, I think I think this whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie thing can run and run and run for centuries because I think there are so many films out there. Once people get fed up with saying that about Die Hard, I think there are so many other contenders that you can pick on. Well, no, because um, the thing is, if you take, I mean, I, I just mentioned Shane Black, so he's he, he sets. All of them, there's so many of his films at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you take Lethal Weapon, now that is, I wouldn't say that's a Christmas movie. Mm, no. I, I, because it, it is set at Christmas. There's a yeah, Christmas aesthetic yeah. to it. Obviously, it's in LA, so it's a little bit different because it doesn't have that classic sort of snowy, cold feel. But um, but even though Lethal Weapon's set at Christmas, it's it's less integral to the plot than it is in Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, Die Hard is set in a, at Christmas at a Christmas party. He's going back because it's Christmas. They're trying to reunite the family for Christmas. You know, there's just a Christmas feel about it. Whereas *Leave the Weapon*, Christmas just happens. It's just in the background. It yeah. just ha- the story just happens to be set during the time. The opening scene is set in a Christmas tree um, selling lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's already made its way into Adam, we we've had this argument between you and me about uh, about the first Rocky movie. Yeah, which I think is a Christmas <laughs> film, and you think is a film set at Christmas that's nothing to do with Christmas. Oh, but ironically, I think I think Rocky One is a film that's set at Christmas yeah. and nothing to do with Christmas. But Rocky IV is a Christmas a movie. Christmas yeah, movie. absolutely. Because yeah. you get snow, yeah. you get in montage in the snow, you know, <laughs> yes. it's like that's... I mean, this, I this, this, this Christmas Day, for goodness sake. This all feeds into Batman Returns, I think, because, I mean, here, here in Tim Burton, we've got a director who is immersed in festivity and he, he, he likes his holidays. Mm. And ar- around the same time that he did Batman Returns, was working with Henry Selick on on the animation um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly, yeah. So here's here's a Christmas guy. Here's a guy who celebrates Yuletide in a big way. Yeah, so. you can you can you can see that in the particularly in the aesthetics of, of most Timber films, really, which we'll go on to to, to talk about uh, directors with a Christmas aesthetic later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Definitely with, with Tim Burton, he, even his non-Christmas films feel like Christmas films. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you watch Sleepy Hollow and it's like, yeah, it's got a bit of a Christmas vibe, Birdie, you know. Yeah, Ed, Edward Scissorhands. Ed exactly, yeah, yeah. Edward Scissorhands yeah. is perfect, yeah. Um, not particularly a Christmas movie, but feels like Christmas. Very easily yeah. could be, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think I think Christmas, I think Return, Batman Returns does that as well. Um, and also, it's got the best Catwoman. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, yeah. in, in, in history, yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. is 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 it even? I I might go so far as to say it's it's the it's the best Batman movie that there's ever been. In in my in my opinion, oh, I'm I I don't think those first two Burton films have been topped. I really don't. Yeah, uh, it's a good shout. This it's... might be, this, this might be a generational thing because. While I was waiting for these films to come out, while I was waiting for the, the 1989 Batman, I mean, you, you guys were younger, but I bet you were all excited about it. But, yeah. but 
for, for, for people of my generation, Batman on film wasn't a thing. You know, it was like when we, it often came up in conversation sort of in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, I wonder if they're ever going to do another Batman movie again or, if, or, or any superhero for that matter. You know, the Superman films were, were a huge thing because, oh, right, you know, someone's brought a comic book superhero to the screen, you know, and Batman had rather been written off as a character because people foolishly seemed to despise the, the Adam West sort of take on it, which, which sounds ridiculous now. Oh, it's holy contentious cool, opinion. You know. Yeah, there were people who sort of took against that. And if you mentioned Batman and if you sort of suggested, oh, wouldn't it be great if someone made a Batman movie? A lot of people just have reacted and said, oh, no, it'd be terrible. We, you've all seen that old TV show. It'd be awful. Yeah. And well, then that, so, that, that worked. That, that, that's yeah. what happened. I, I know. Joel Schumacher took it into that territory, yeah. and they yeah. were wrong. Yeah. But people, yeah. people yeah. do credit Burton with uh, almost launching the comic book era because yes. people forget that comic book movies just weren't taken seriously. Not at all. Not, not, not at that, all. I mean, for yeah. me, it was, yeah. I was, <clears throat> grew up as a huge fan of the Adam West uh, show, but mm-hmm. I was obviously a kid. It was yeah. perfect for yeah. my age. And then when I always remember Batman vividly came out and it was the first if i remember correctly i think it was the first 12 mm. yeah. certificate yeah. in the uk yeah. and when batman came out i was pulling my hair out with excitement and then the damn thing came out and i was thinking i was nine like eight nine when it came out couldn't go and see it because it was a 12 yeah you see, I, I, was I, I, I was 12 i bought the novelization we just being there in the cinema at yeah. that yeah. time it's 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 the can i swear on this podcast yeah the um no so so for me that even now, it was so strange. I actually watched uh, the 1989 Batman a couple of months ago with my girlfriend, and I said to her, even now, I get a weird little buzz about being able to watch this movie because yeah. there's something so deep yeah. down in me that was so gutted that I couldn't see it. Do you know the other big thing about the release of Batman? It was, it was um, you know, one, one of the early 12s, and it was really the reason why the 12 certificate mm. was, was created. The other major thing about it was, um, again... This is a generational thing. You guys might might not remember this all that well, but uh, for years and years and years, for decades, we we got new releases six or nine months yeah. or a year after they came out in America. And this happened all over the world. America would, would release the Hollywood movies. Everywhere else would get them months and months later, sometimes up to a year or more, you know. And that changed with Batman. I think the demand from movie distributors, and I, I guess video piracy and things may have had a sort of effect on this, but distributors seem to start putting pressure on the film companies to say, look, can, can we have, a, I, if not a simultaneous release, a release within within a short space of time, you know, because if you leave this for six months, everyone's going to pirate this film or they're going to see it, they're going to see it in other places. And of course, there, there wasn't a problem with spoilers at that time, as there is now with with online, you know. But because uh, um, you know we 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 were sort of um, uh, transmitting uh, information by carrier pigeon back then, you know. <laughs> it was so so there wasn't really too much danger perceived as being oh we're going to find out all the plot six months early, you know. But there was this thing that people were desperate to see films that were coming out in New York and LA, you know. And Batman was one of the first. I, I, I have to check the dates on this, but I think we, we got it about a fortnight after it came out in the States. Wow. And, that, and that was like, that happens all the time now. I have this simultaneous release for everything now. But at that time, it was, it was a massive deal. Oh, right, we, we, can, we can get to see this brand new film. We've not got to wait six months till Christmas. It also, it also coincided, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was eight years old at the time, but... I think it coincided with the um, the multiplexes here. Yes, well, yeah, very much. Which also, yeah, I yeah. imagine would it was one of the first demands. big multiplex movies. Yeah. Well, the, the two in Derby opened. Yeah, just, just months before months before um, Batman came yeah, out. Yeah, I remember. That. Ob- obviously, aware they both chains. I think would have been aware that Batman was on the way, Juggernaut, and that it was films like that and Who Framed Roger Rabbit that I think led to nice the multiplex as well, explosion. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's a thing linking with Christmas, Adam. If if we'd had the normal distribution pattern for Batman, that would have come out at Christmas over here. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the summer. Well, similar to like Gremlins and, and Gremlins yeah, was released yeah. in the summer in America. So, so, so you, you, might, yeah, yeah. you might even be talking about Batman as a Christmas movie. But uh, but yeah, let's not digress from, you know, we've diverged a bit from yeah. Batman Returns. So, 
What, what do you want to say about well, n- nothing else? I mean, when it talks about it, it's just one of those great, great films that delivers, improves on the original. You know, there's not that many sequels that are better than the original. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Often a and, 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 and the, the, films the originals it. way up there. The originals a great film yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, but yeah. this one just kind of like I don't know. I think mainly it's I, it, it, Michael Keaton's great, great as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Michelle Pfeiffer is just so good. Yeah, Chris Walken. Yeah, yeah. I love Chris Walken. Well, Walken's okay. It's, 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 it's part, it's part of the big Christmas feel. Don't, don't, do, do you think that Danny DeVito playing almost like a Dickensian sort mm, of yeah. version of the Penguin yeah. lends, lends to that whole seasonal sort of Definitely. Thing. I mean, this is an Oswald cobble. Yeah. Sounds like a Dickens character. <laughs> it it's, it's right out of screen. Yeah, it's right out of yeah. Christmas Carol, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and he shoots it that way as well. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, the, the yeah. sets and things like that, you know, the, the, the underground flair. It feels like a, an old-fashioned, like, Christmas. Yeah, and, and the guy controls an army of penguins. So again, they're, they're not necessarily Christmassy, but there is this association with the cold and snow and stuff. So, not yeah. necessarily Christmassy, but right out of a Dickens book. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I must admit, I, I actually do prefer the 1989 Batman, but I love Batman Returns. I think yeah. they're both crackers. I think it's a great crackers there you go mm-hmm. for the Christmas pod. But um, I, I must admit, I think I do marginally prefer the, the original. I but, think I think for me, the original, I think Jack Nicholson, while he is great... I think he unbalances the movie a little bit because his, his, his performance is so because, because Keaton, top and, and, Keaton, and Keaton's underplaying a little Absolutely, bit as well. Yeah. Nicholson is empowered. I think they balance like each other out fantastically. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I can Nicholson's one of those actors for me who just gets away with just going for it, just yeah, yeah, blabbing yeah, off the screen. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like he just gets away he can get away with that but I, I don't, i'm sort of hesitant to use the term ott because he's such a fine actor but you know he, he, well, I think he was i think he was veering into that territory yeah, during was. these years and the old tt character you know the i think whole shining you know he's like i can get away with this now can i, I can do but that he can he can pull it off yeah. he can pull it off you know another actor tries that and just looks ridiculous yeah because yeah. He pulls it off. yeah it's easy to go just just go completely over the top there with without some measure of control, isn't it? Oh, there's a lot of control, yeah, though. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's yeah. a very smart actor. But when he's just, you know, putting his foot down and going for it, I think he's changing gear yeah. there. Well, you see that in Batman Forever, don't you, where you've got Jim Carrey and you've got uh, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones both going over the top and crazy, and it's like, it really doesn't work with those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Adam, what, what, what do you think Christmas is like in the Tim Burton household? Well, I think we've seen it, haven't we? He's not been shy about putting it on film in, like, Nightmare on, Nightmare on Christmas. and I think he's, he's got he's got, like... Orphans singing Christmas carols to him when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> I think that's the. Yeah, I think yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll he'll is, feed them feed them like yeah. you know, horse chestnuts and yeah, yeah. Is, is it is it Christmas every day in Tim Burton? I don't know. Right? I think I, I think it spoils the, the the fun of it if it's every day. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's, I think I, he he feels like the guy who goes for it. Every he's that Adam doesn't really think. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. But yeah, it's, for me that movie is. A good alternative to watch if you find something different at Christmas than, yeah. than your, your Home Alones and your... Uh, That's a great show. And your other stuff, yeah. What have you got for us, Daryl? Um, well, I've got a film that is the sort of anti-diehard in that it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a Christmas movie. So why am I talking about it here? But it's John Waters' Female Trouble. And it may not be all set at Christmas... But the bits that are set at Christmas, oh man, oh man. The film starts at Christmas, and as fans of John Waters know, and as fans of Female Trouble know, uh, we've got Divine coming back from uh, returning from a a wonderful, wonderful role in uh, Pink Flamingos two years earlier, playing a character called Dawn Davenport here. So there's there's already this idea that we've we've got uh, Harris Glenn Milstead playing Divine, but but in Waters' world, Divine is an actress and a superstar, and she can play different characters, you know. So even though she's a character herself, she plays different characters. So, so she's called Babs in Pink Flamingos. She's called Dawn Davenport here. And she's a teenage girl as well, which is wonderful. How, uh, you know, they don't get away with that. And that's the great thing about Waters films. He does these things and he doesn't get away with them and he doesn't care. Well, I think think that's part of the joy of Waters' films, isn't it? He's he's, he's tapping into that melodrama of the 1950s 
teen yeah. movie where every teenager looked like they were 55. Yeah, you know? so yeah. I think this just ties in with that, and, doesn't and, it? But yeah. he, he owns that. Oh, he, yeah, he yeah. absolutely takes control of that and takes charge of it. With Divine as his representative on screen, you know, he, I, I, I do get the sense with John Waters that he'd love to be up on screen in these costumes, you know, either playing Divine's parts or Edith Massey's or David Lokery's, you know, and and, um, and Lokery being the person who's most like the sort of Waters physical representative on screen. But you, you sense he'd love to be getting in the frocks and doing all this stuff, but he's, he's just not, even John Waters isn't confident enough to go there, so he needs these sort of ciphers to do it for him. He needs these avatars to do it for him, you know. And, and um yeah, Female Trouble is is great because it shows Divine from Pink Flamingos now playing a new role as this teenage delinquent. And the first five or ten minutes of the film are where it's at. They really kick proceedings off. It's basically a JD story. It is, it's it's a, a troubled teenager on the run, uh, getting in all kinds of, of, sort of criminality and ending up being executed but not, not before shooting everyone at a press conference, <laughs> a, a la um, uh, ripped off by uh, Julian Temple when he made the My Way video with the Sid Vicious, which is a complete steal from a press conference scene in, in Female Trouble. But, uh, yeah, the, the first part of the movie is set at Christmas, and it is, if you want to ruin your Christmas, it's essential viewing. <laughs> if you have kids yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're worried <laughs> about the presents you've got them not aligning with yeah. what they want for Christmas, this is not the movie to watch. This is, this is the <laughs> ultimate warning to parents, yeah. <laughs> Buy your kids what they ask for, Get, because if you don't, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Get them those goddamn cha-cha heels. Yeah, yeah it's all about the cha-cha heels, yeah. <laughs> um, Dawn Davenport wants this particular pair of shoes, and she demands this pair of shoes. And there's, there's a shoe box under the tree. There's all these great presents. on. You, it's, a, it's a typical... Uh, Norman Rockwell type Christmas, great sort of cheesy setting, you know, waters really, really having a dig at, at the American family and at the whole American way of celebrating Christmas. But but again, it's the way he celebrates it himself. Mm. But he sees the, the sort of parody within that, you know, and the, um, whereas your typical American family doesn't. They, 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 they're doing it out of a sense of love and out of a sense of taking on board the whole religious aspect of the season and everything, you know. I think, so, I think the, good, the good thing about John Waters' films, and it's one of the reasons why I don't like Bad Santa, um, John Waters, he doesn't glorify Christmas. He doesn't, like, embrace the sentimentality of Christmas. He he presents it with with a satirical eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know he still fucking loves Christmas. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know that like, you feel like that. Yeah, when you yeah, watch something yeah. like Bad Santa, it's having a go at Christmas. Yeah. And, and it's mean-spirited. It's mean-spirited. I like that about Bad Santa because it's different. It's something new. But I, I think if I had to state a preference, it would be the John Waters approach where you can take the piss and you can embrace it all mm. as well. You can be hypocritical about it. You know, that's a wonderful but, but, thing about it. I, I, I love Bad Santa. I'll definitely go. Yeah, I, 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 do. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I do. I like it, it a lot. Yeah. I love it. And but, I think but, that... But it, it is a mean-spirited film, but I, I, I don't mind that. And I think it's great. It, 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 okay, I do agree that it has a mean spirit going through it, but... I think that's actually quite refreshing yeah, because I yeah, quite like I it. I mean, I you know, it's just it's. But, but, it's yeah, but don't not everyone watches seventeen billion cheesy <laughs> Christmas films every year. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's refreshing in terms of it, you know it was like especially at the time you know yeah. it was quite controversial. It took them a while to release it. They're, Disney sat on it for a while. Yeah. They just didn't know what the hell to do with it. Mm. I could, as far as I remember. But the um, but I think uh, what's interesting about that movie is despite it's the fact that it does have that sort of mean streak through it. It still remains a Christmas staple of a lot of people I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, who and love it, Christmas. And it does, it does have, even though it fights against it, it's got a sort of Christmas sentimentality. It's by it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I know loads of people who love watching it as part of their, you know, fully embracing the Christmas spirit and put bad Santa yeah. on. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's just something about it that's just, I think it knows, I think it feels like it's, Mean spirited, but I also think it's in on the joke. Yeah, and I think I, know, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I think it's in on the joke, but equally, still hates Christmas. 
I don't think he does. I think he does. I think that's why I yeah. got him. I'm, I'm on the fence here, and I like being on the fence because mm-hmm. I think, I, for me, that's where the movie is, yeah. and, and uh, you can you can you can sort of make your own decision. Totally agree. That's fair. That's really fair. It's your interpretation. Yeah. If you like the title Bad Santa, and you're sort of chuckling about that, and thinking, "Oh, great, they're destroying Christmas here," you get that in the movie. But if you want a nice Christmas movie, you sort of get that as well. Uh, yeah. what, what, where you don't get that is in female trouble. <laughs> no. Where it's, it's so, so, it's beyond cynical. You know, the, the parents buy the wrong present, but they, they bought a pair of shoes. They clearly bought a pair of shoes. And Dawn Davenport rips open the, 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 the wrapping paper and the string, opens the box lid, and goes berserk, you know, where are my char-char heels, you know, and just goes crazy and starts stomping around the room. The sort of thing a typical sort of 15-year-old teenager having a tantrum would do, but it's this huge, you know, bulk of a a guy in drag doing it, which is great. And the the, the mum and dad are so good. They're they're brilliant sort of Waters straights, really. Waters is so good at casting straight characters, Mm. And having them play this parody of of the the American nuclear family, you know, and and they're they're so straight laced and trying to calm their daughter down, you know, and Dawn Davenport Divine just goes crazy and basically ruins Christmas ultimately ultimately by knocking over this huge Christmas tree that's festooned with baubles and lights and knocks it over on top of her mum who's lying there like the Wicked Witch of the West <laughs> underneath it and presu- presumably dead. We never find out. But by, by, the, by the time we're asking the question, is she okay, Dawn's out the door and doing something else. You know, she's on to the next stage of, of this sort of candy-like journey, you know, that she goes through. That image of the mum trapped under the tree, probably dead, and straight out of The Wizard of Oz is, is just the ultimate Christmas movie image for me. Um, Waters, Waters, like Tim Burton, is immersed in Christmas. I mean, people listening to this can't, can't see this, but I've, I've got John Waters' book, Crackpot, here, which is his uh, collected essays that appeared in various magazines and newspapers over the years. And every Christmas Day, I make a point of reading his essay that's in here called Why I Love Christmas, and it's so great. It's John Waters talking about his favourite Christmas songs, his favourite Christmas movies, what he does at Christmas, and it's brilliant. I mean, for example, his favourite Christmas movie of all time is one that we've shown here at Quad, Christmas Evil, the one about the killer Santa Claus who works in a toy shop by day and kills people by night, you know. Um, This psychopath who isn't Santa but dresses up as Santa, but then is he Santa, you know. Um, Waters loves that film, and he says, basically, if, if if you've got bad children or naughty children, you must force them to watch this every Christmas. <laughs> Waters loves Christmas, and he, 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 he said himself he would like to celebrate it 365 days a year. One, one thing he does is um, he, he, he holds a Christmas party. I don't know if he still does this, but for years and years he did. held a Christmas party where he'd invite 100 of his best friends to come, or 100 people he knew in Hollywood. And his instruction to them would be, you've got to buy everyone else a present. So there ended up being 10,000 presents at this mm-hmm. at this thing, you know. And there's this orgy of sort of, you know, unwrapping the presents. And, and Waters in the middle of it, just, just loving watching who, the, the biggest stars in Hollywood sort of unwrapping gifts for each other, you know. <laughs> um, he also sends a Christmas card out every year. He does a personalised Christmas card. And I don't know whether he ever got round to this, but in his essay, he says, the, my, my perfect design for a Christmas card. Well, he, he'd done one where he, 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 bought, he bought a card from um, a store, like, just like a typical Hallmark card. And it was, it was Mary Joseph and the baby Jesus. And he'd superimposed the face of Charles Manson on, on Jesus. But he'd left the message inside the card, which said, he is born. Well, one of, one of going back to Charlie, the female trouble has got a connection to the Manson family, hasn't yeah, it? Because yeah. he was visiting one of the Manson families in, 
in prison at the time. That's and right. Inspired yeah, yeah. the story. And the film's actually dedicated yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Waters is immersed in sort of true crime and loves going to court cases and trials and things and did actually go to the Manson trial, you know. But this, this Christmas card that he says in the essay he's always wanted to design, and I'm not sure if he ever got round to doing this, was, again... It was going to be John Waters sat in a, a nice comfy armchair in front of a roaring fire, you know, with a pipe or something, you know, a glass of eggnog. And again, a typical sort of Norman Rockwell, you know, um, cheesy Americana setting, yeah. And in the background, there'd be a Christmas tree and a pile of presents. And the presents were going to be on fire with a trail of fire leading towards the tree, which is about to, <laughs> to, to explode. And that was going to be his Christmas card one year. So, yeah, the guy loves Christmas, but he loves it in his own way. And I think in Female Trouble, he shows us Christmas the John Waters way. Mm-hmm. No, it's, 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 it's super camp, which also ties into Christmas as well. Yeah. I yeah, mean, just yeah. it's just so ridiculous, the, 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 the sort of like Americanization of Christmas, I guess, over the last 50 years. That it's almost become its own parody in some way, where you embrace the the ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean, we we all live an American Christmas, I guess, yeah, yeah. now, don't we? Yeah. Well, I love what you just said, Darren, in, in the sense of he loves Christmas, but he loves it in his own way. Yeah, that to me is the point, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, without yeah. getting schmaltzy, that is the point of Christmas. Yeah. yeah, and I honestly think that's why so many Christmas movies. I don't think there's any genre of movie that is more loved by fans and hated by critics. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so rare yeah. to get a critically raved about Christmas movie, but it's very, very common that you get movies that people literally watch, you know, two, three times a year, maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and one, one thing you get around the world is you get, you get sort of localised things. There's, there's this famous thing um, in Germany where there's, there's this British, old British comedy from about 1960 or something that they show in Germany every year, and it's barely known over here. Um, I can't can't remember the title of it. We'll we'll have to look it up and, and do a link to it or something. But uh, um, but yeah, it's 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 like this this one off British Christmas set comedy that's like a staple on German TV to mm. this day. And of course, the big one in America is uh, Bob Clark's A Christmas Story. Mm. Now, Bob Clark's known over here and worldwide. Porky. For, well, for Porky's and in Christmas terms, he's known for Black the horror Christmas. film Black yes, of Christmas. Course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in America, not only is Bob Clark best known for a Christmas story, but that's the Christmas movie. That's that scene in the same light that we see the Alice yeah. the Sim, the Christmas Carol, and that the, the world at large. Can sees I get some... old over it though? Can it? Yeah, you showed no, it. No, no, yeah, yeah. You see it. Yeah. It's great. Just yeah, doesn't, 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 doesn't travel, does it? Doesn't it? Doesn't I don't know why because it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, I don't know why it's never really landed here, but it, it's. I think it's one of those ones where it needed to penetrate the zeitgeist back in the day. Yeah, you sort of have and to see pass it. on from yeah. generation well, to generation. I think generation. it's because yeah. it's a wonderful life only really got a foothold here like 20 years ago when cinemas, I mean, right? independent cinema started showing yeah, it every yeah, year sort of yeah. things to try and create. Because again, that's, that's, that's a, a big deal. Yeah, that's a film that was never really talked about as a Christmas no. movie for many, many years. Yeah. It was the diehard of its day, really. Yeah. So, suddenly people started saying, oh yeah, do you realise it's a wonderful life as a Christmas film? I think in America it was definitely a Christmas yeah. film, yeah. similar to Christmas Story, where it was played on TV every yeah. Christmas, you know, and it became that Christmas staple. Like in like in Home Alone, it's it's there on TV, isn't it? Yeah. You know? and, and 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 Gremlins as well. It's it's, it's Bedford Falls. It's, it's yeah. Christmas for people. Yeah. Whereas over well, here, that didn't really land until like mid nineties. Like Gre- Gremlins is like the anti "It's Wonderful Life" and they even show a clip of "It's Wonderful yes. Life" in yeah. Gremlins. You know, yeah. it's like no, it's the sort. It's kind of a weird one because this brilliance of Joe Dante, the brilliance of Joe Dante, he's like you build he builds itself as a kind of like anti. Anti, um, it's a wonderful life. Anti homes, anti. Even, even anti. And, then, even and you're watching it, you think this isn't anti Christmas. Yeah, this loves yeah, Christmas. Yeah, this yeah, loves yeah, America. Yeah, it yeah. loves like, our small town in America. Exactly. It's got all those it's, things. It's all. It's all the things we've said about bad Santa. Right? Yeah, yeah. It sort of does pitch itself as being very anti the holiday season and anti that sort of tradition and that schmaltz. But yeah, it's it's immersed in it itself. Yeah, yeah and, and there we you know, we mentioned the Christmas story and, and Black Christmas and I think alongside Tim Burton, with John Waters as well, you know, Bob Clark's another name to throw in and say, there's a guy who epitomizes the Christmas movie 
as well as anybody because he's he's made he's, yeah. he's made he's made the great Christmas horror movie and he's made the great American Christmas story, you know, with a Christmas story. And I feel like he's not not credited really no, enough no, for that. I mean no. it's amazing when you think about it. He's made one of the most wholesome, hilarious Christantastic warm Christmas movie. Yeah, and then yeah. he's made the best Christmas yeah. slasher there is. I, I, I think Clark has got distinct audiences. There are people that like the Porky's films. There are people that like the horror films he did, which he did a string bob, including Black Christmas. And there are people that like a Christmas story. And I don't think there's a lot of overlap. I think, I think there's, he's, he's dissected his audience yeah, in some yeah. ways. You know, he's like, with, uh, nobody knows who, you know, we know, but people generally don't know who directs it. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge. The Alice yeah. Sims crew who directed that. Yeah. You know, they don't know who directed Mary Poppins. They don't know yeah. Wizard of Oz. You know, they don't know those those kind that's of names. Often, that's often the thing with Christmas movies. It's the film itself mm. that is the selling pitch. It's not about it's not even about who's in it always, you know. It's it's more about the title and it's about the film itself and it's about the story it tells. Even more so if it's based on traditional material yeah. like, like the Scrooge films are. So Dom, we've Oh, our amazing, brilliant Christmas movies. <laughs> what amazing, brilliant Christmas movie are you bringing to the table? Well, I feel like I'm going to follow Dad. I've <laughs> just gone on for 15 minutes about John Waters, and I've been fascinated the whole way, by the way. And, and I feel, uh, do you know what? Because um, you mentioned to me yesterday, I was only asked to do this a couple of days ago, and I was filming yesterday in London, so I've had no real time. That's my, that's my sort of get-out-of-jail-free oh, excuses with this guy. <laughs> but like... but I, I really wanted to see uh, Female Trouble, and I will watch it, because yeah. uh, I haven't had a chance since I knew. But I didn't, I'm sort of woefully um, um, unaware of John Waters' movies, actually. I'm kind of, I know who he is, and I, yeah, I like yeah. Crybaby. I love that yeah. movie. But I actually... Tom, I, I envy you. If you've yeah. got all that to destroy, yeah. you're in for a treat. Well, I need so, to. I really yeah, do yeah. need to, because I just it's just one of those people, a bit like... Uh, like we were talking a couple of weeks ago, Adam, about Elvira, you know, in the sense that like I, I was, I know who she is. Yeah, I've kind of yeah. always got that warmth toward her, but I, I was never, I've only recently kind of educated myself on actually what she does. Yeah. And I feel like Waters is very similar. Like I yeah. know what he's about. So, so yeah, he's, you sort of know in, in the same way that, you know, the, the Elvira character, you know, the divine character, but you yeah. know, you've not seen them in action. Yeah. So well, yeah. I know the John Waters character yeah, as well. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, he's cropping yeah. up his well, cameos. He's, 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 he's very thing, much yeah. a, a persona, isn't mm. he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is all keeping us away from finding out <laughs> yeah. what Dom's Christmas well, movie is. <laughs> <that's> brilliant <laughs> Christmas movie. <laughs> I don't want to say. So, um, well, I mean, obviously, alternate Christmas movies. I mean, we've kind of mentioned Bad Santa and mentioned Gremlins. And I thought about going like, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or something or you know, because I was trying to think of something that was that was different to the obvious that, that people might not have seen that I enjoyed, and and I chose it, and then I hadn't realised, even though I sort of knew, I watched this film, and I've done that far too much, but I watched this film with two different heads, and my critical head is aware that I'm not I'm not <laughs> watching you know an incredibly fashion film, but I'm loving it anyway, loving every second of it, and it's a movie called Mixed Nuts. <laughs> now, this movie has got an incredible cast. Um, Steve Martin stars, Rita Wilson, early and bonkers performance from Adam Sandler, Juliette Lewis, Liev Schreiber, Rob Reiner, Gary Shandling, Madeleine Kahn, Anthony LaPeglia, John Stewart, Parker Posey. I mean, the cast is insane, and I think a lot of that is because it was directed by Nora Ephron, it's her follow-up to uh, Sleeps in Seattle, so it had a lot of expectation. <laughs> and, uh, but I knew none of this. I think I just stumbled across it on you know, Sky Movies or something one day. Other movie channels are available. And, um, and, uh, and, I, and I, it, I just, I, I, it made me laugh. And I thought it was fun. And I thought it was nuts. And uh, it, you, know, you made the point when I suggested the film, Adam, which I think is a really, really smart point in that you know, a lot of the actors seem to think they're in different movies. You know, you've got kind of Adam Sandler who thinks he's in a spoof. You've got... Steve Martin doing what Steve Martin does so brilliantly. And I think it's fresh in my mind as well because of Only Murders in the Building, yeah. which I absolutely loved, thought it was perfect. And, um, and I think, um, but this is one of those movies that I've suggested quite a lot over the years to, to friends of mine who've never heard of it and can't believe they've never heard of it with that cast. And they watch it and maybe it's, you know, the mulled wine or you know, <laughs> the Christmas spirit, but they enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, leading on from the point you made previously, Daryl, about enjoying it in your own way. Yeah. I just feel like there's so many kind of films that, you know, I, I'm a filmmaker, so I never, I'm always so reluctant to in any way criticise other filmmakers because I just know how hard it is and how many different things can go wrong that are not necessarily in your hands. But, but, um, but I'm aware that a lot of the Christmas movies I love 
if they were set in summer, I probably wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't. Well, yeah, that's that's right? the thing about Christmas movie in general. You get away with bloody murder. You, you kind of do. Oh, right? Christmas just kind of do. Yeah. And this is funny. It's bonkers. It's, it's genuinely an original setting. There's, you know, it, it's, it's set over one night. And I always kind of enjoy films that take place over a short time period because I kind of feel like you're kind of entering the world with them and going along with I know it sounds a bit strange, but I've always enjoyed those type of films. And so, uh, and I just sort of jump in, go for the adventure. And, and it's a film that I will often watch with someone who hasn't seen it because I enjoy watching them laugh along with it. And so far, the hit rate of me, people I've shown it to, is perfect. Everyone's really, really enjoyed it. But again, it's that Christmas spirit, right? It's the Christmas factor that you can't, because this is not a film that were I reviewing it, and I obviously I don't review films, but were I reviewing it, like, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, it's not like I'd give it a five-star rating, but but it, it, it you know but I do I love it I but enjoy it's, it. It's five star one and, and it's definitely alternative and it's definitely a film that a lot of people I know haven't heard of. I know your audience is very silly literate. That's the whole point of the title. Yeah. So so the um so I'm sure they've heard of it. Probably don't like it. But for those of you who haven't heard of it, if you love a Christmas movie and you don't care, you just want to put your feet up and enjoy a, a, a great cast, having a bit of fun. Then I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it on your recommendation, Dom. I've, I've never seen it, and I, I like Nora Ephron's films. And for some reason, didn't didn't go and see this one when when it first emerged, and haven't caught it since. So, uh, and you're the first person to mention it to me in, in years, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely check it out as recommended with a glass of mulled wine. So yeah, what, that's what, way of what, what you've not gone into, and of course, you know. Some of us haven't seen it, so you know, uh, um, don't don't go into spoilers or anything. But you've you've not really gone into what what the what the gist of it is and how it connects with Christmas. Totally. So what it is, it's it's set. I think it's actually. I don't know if it states that it's Christmas Eve, but it's set uh, right in the thick of the holiday season, and it takes place around a crisis hotline. Steve Martin runs uh, a, a crisis hotline, which obviously is particularly busy over Christmas, and it's in trouble. It's, you know, they're 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 on the verge of being closed. So Steve Martin's trying to sort of hide the fact that they're um, on the verge of closing down from the rest of the staff, so as not to worry them. And so you've got the rest of the staff who all in themselves are characters. You've got other people that occupy this building in which the uh, the, the, the crisis hotline centre is located. And then you've got the, the people calling up. <laughs> it's just you've got um, you know Leo Schreiber playing uh, a, a drag queen. You've got um, uh, you've got a, you've got an axe murderer in there. You've got, I mean, it's just it's just. I mean, it's very hard to sort of encompass, really, and and well, it's very hard to to sell um, and make it sound like the fun that it is. <laughs> so it's just a big sort of melting pot of madness, really. Yeah, is is it is it played out as sort of episodic, or, or does that do the characters all sort of sort of interact with? Really? No, it's, it's almost it, you could do it on stage. It yeah, almost yeah. plays out as a farce. Yeah, that's what it plays right. out as. You know, right. it's it's all it, it, you know. You could, I think, it would actually make quite a fun stage show. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's one of those kind of like. Um, um, yeah, the, you know the confusion and the chaos thickens. Yeah. Thickens so all, thickens. almost like a, a, a one set, a sort of confined space. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not quite, like but that. it's that. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's from that point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how how Christmassy is it? Do they get the they get the cheesy? Uh, uh, no, I mean, it's fully right? fully yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fully Christmas. I mean, at one point they hide a dead body in a Christmas tree. So you wow. got, you I mean, you're, you're back into John Waters through there. Yeah, but yeah. don't. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere near the John Waters. You know, it's. Basically family friendly stuff. I think it's yeah. like I don't know, twelve, fifteen, maybe. But it's yeah. it's not. There's nothing too controversial about it. But it is fun, and it is. Um, I don't know. I think also. I think with um, again with Christmas films and certainly with comedies, there is a certain enjoyment taken at least for for me when you can feel like the cast are enjoying it, yeah. having fun. Yeah. You know, and I definitely get the the vibe that, that you know that everyone's having a bit of a yeah. laugh. And, and is it is it one of those films? If it wasn't set at Christmas, would, would you enjoy it less? Do you think? No comment, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? Honestly, I don't know. It's a good. It's a fair question. Maybe not. Maybe not. If, yeah. if I'm if I'm honest, because I'm just such a sucker for just getting in and, and just sort of settling down into a Christmas movie. But I mean, the thing is, you know, from, um, from I don't want to talk get boring and talk business, but the uh, like Christmas movies. The, the amount of Christmas movies that are churned out every year is astounding. I mean, the amount of original Christmas movies that there's so many made every year. And, yeah, you know, yeah. half decent budgets as well. Yeah. Well, some, some of some of the UK TV channels start showing them in, in like July and August, don't they? You yeah, know, yeah. Well, so I mean, you've got like you know the Hallmark Channel, and in the states, it's Lifetime. I don't know if we have that over here, but you, you, they start showing them twenty four seven from like you know late October, yeah, November. Yeah. 
and, and a lot of them are originals, you know, yeah. and, and they have, I mean, those Hallmark ones, they, you know, they have, uh, as far as I understand it, I don't know, I don't want to sort of step on toes by saying this, but they do have a very set format to the extent yeah. where they don't actually want that much to happen because they're designed for like a busy mom or a dad who's at home. You have to go into the next room to change the nappy and come back and you can still follow the movie. So they don't want any sort of twists and turns. They want yeah, it to just yeah. sort of play out very ABC. Yeah. You know? And from what I know, they're, they're often bad. They, they involve characters very similar to the audience that's going to be watching the film. Yeah. So you've got, it is representative. And you've got, you know, the kings of those sort of, you've got, you know, uh, um, Melissa, Joan Hart and... Uh, yeah. And Marmek Dean Kane, and um, you know those. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, who star in a bunch of those movies yeah, and yeah. have fun doing it. Yeah, it's a, a great way of getting work, I guess. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's you know, it's, and also the irony is, is that those type of movies. I mean, the ratings they get this time of year are huge. I mean, you you, you nail a, um, a Hallmark movie, you probably get more people see that movie than you would a half decent theatrical hit in the cinemas. You know. Yeah. yeah. Here's a question for you, Don. Are you are you tempted to, to make a Christmas film at any point? Uh, watch this space. <laughs> you know there is. Uh, uh, so so well, I've I've written and uh, I'm I'm shopping one right now, um, and I don't want to say any more than that. Yeah, but yeah. it's I'm very very excited about it. And uh, and your co-host and I have uh, have, have some um, some ideas boiling off as well for Christmas movies that we've we've been developing for a little while. So yeah, you never know. We might enter that Christmas space. Very not now. I, I didn't know it. I've, I've not asked that question as a sort of trigger for you to say all this. I genuinely didn't know. So no, I've, got, uh, I've got one in particular. Great to hear. Yeah, I've got one in particular. We're, we're offered out at the moment to uh, a couple of actors. So if they would say yes, then this time next year I might be yeah. on here promoting my own. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Movie. And have you always had a dream of of sort of doing a Christmas movie, or is it something that's come to you recently? Do you know what it is? In all honesty, what it is is that. Um, I've always always wanted to make a Christmas movie, um, and I've, I've this this year actually I sold a script that was a Christmas horror movie. Um, came quite close to making it, but then got an offer I couldn't use uh, on the script. So hopefully the um, the guys who bought that will bring that out next year. So maybe I could be the new Bob Clark with a horror and a comedy. At the yeah, same that'd time. be great. But um, but the obviously I don't consider myself that good. <laughs> At all, but well, the, you, you need to do your porkies as well before yeah, before yeah. you become the new Bob Clark. But well, well, I don't even know what a porkies movie in the twenty first century would look like. No, I, well, it's not, I, it's not an impossibility. Yeah. Yeah. But but what it is with um, what what it is is that I've I've uh, I'm a huge fan of Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens book. Read it many times. My granddad gave it me when I was a kid, so it's something I read most years. I love it. And um, so what I always dreamed of was trying to come up with an idea that was genuinely original but probably one of the most told stories in the history of storytelling. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and, and suddenly um, an idea hit me, and I couldn't believe that it hadn't been done before. And so I think I've come up with a, a relatively original take on A Christmas Carol. Wow. And that's what I'm, um, that's what I'm trying to hopefully uh, do next year. Wow, that's, that's great. That's great. Way to tease the audience there. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So is, is there any other? Is there moving on? Is there any other films that you want to flag up as potential Christmas viewings this year? The one that you you reminded me of uh, of a film where you saw about mixed nuts of a film called The Ref, starring um, I think it had a different title in America, but over here it was called The Ref, and it was it starred Dennis Leary yeah, as he was yeah. just moving into acting after his successful comedian career um, of, of robbing Bill Hicks blind. Channeling it into a Hollywood career, um, he he he's uh, he's he's the lead in this. Uh, but alongside Judy Davis and Kevin Spacey, and its bickering couple at, at Christmas get robbed by Dennis Leary's burglar character, who ends up being trapped with this married couple who hate each other and are bickering and arguing. He's caught in the middle, <laughs> like you know, supposedly the criminal, but you you end up having immense sympathy for this guy who's caught between this warring. Um, on the verge of divorce, couple. No, I bet. Do you know, I've never seen that. I will. I'll, I'll check that out. It's a fun gem. I, tell, I, I, I think it was last year. I saw it. Maybe a couple of years ago. It was a Netflix movie uh, called Better Watch Out. A horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fun. That was. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't amazing, but it was good fun. It was kind of in the the the, the world of the babysitter. Yeah, yeah, I saw that the first one. Um, so that that's a lot of fun. Better Watch Out. Um, and obviously Gremlins is just you know, but it's just the problem is talking about Gremlins is there's a million podcasts. Adam and I have literally toured with Zach Gallagher around the UK well, with Gremlins. That is a Christmas movie now. It's only alternative in the, in, the, in the subject matter, I guess. It's become a Christmas staple now. 
We love that beer. I just well. adore it. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. But Daryl, yeah. be, well, being, being Mr. Horror, and I'm, I'm going to go for a film that we showed here, and we interviewed the director over, over right. Sky some years ago, Lewis Jackson. Uh, the film that John Waters regards as, as the best Christmas movie ever, we've already mentioned it, Christmas Evil, which is also known as You You Better Watch Out. So similarly... It's a really title, good film, that. And also called Terror in Toyland, I think. So, uh, uh, yeah, Christmas Evil, if, if you, can, you can... You sort of need to imagine Taxi Driver done as a Christmas movie. Mm. Um, yeah, this, this, this sort of morose loner of a guy who hates everything, works in a toy shop, this really horrible sort of cheap toy shop where they're churning out these sort of generic wooden toys on a conveyor belt. But he thinks he's Santa Claus and he, he, he sort of goes home at night in the middle of August or whenever and, and he sort of paints shaving cream around his face and he sort of says ho, ho, ho to himself in the mirror rather than are you talking to me, you know. But uh, but he's he's very much in that sort of Travis Bickle sort of vein, and um, and he goes out at night as as things as the year moves further towards um, the, the Christmas season. He starts going out at night dressed as Santa with a sack full of toys that he's nicked from the the, the, the factory where he worked, and tries to squeeze himself down people's chimneys into their living rooms, and if they catch him. He kills them with things like Christmas ornaments and Christmas stars and things like that. It's absolutely extraordinary because it's it's part horror movie, part sort of urban drama, and then deranged fantasy at the end. Yeah, Christmas Evil. Don't just take my recommendation. Listen to Mr. Waters. It's his favourite of all time. So it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. And I, I would love to re-recommend your recommendation of Silent Partner because I, I just I really enjoyed that. I'm going to watch that again yeah. this year. Yeah. Great movie. Cool. Well, that wraps up Christmas. Uh, we'll have to do a best New Year movie one. New Year films tend to also be Christmas films, yeah. I find. Yeah. 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 Quite often you get you get that sort of overlap. But it's strange because yeah. there's not there isn't that many Year's Eve. No, no. Well, there's something, I guess, when Harry Met Sally has that big Christmas, New Year's Eve thing. Strange Days. Strange Days, yeah. 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 build up to Y2K, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's more a sort of millennium movie yeah. than a specific, than a specifically a, a generic New Year movie. I'm sure there's loads of yeah, romantic yeah. comedies that have um, New Year's Eve parties. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the, the law of Christmas tends to be so strong that anyone setting out to write a specific New Year movie just has to put some Christmas stuff in as well, you know. Cool. Lovely. That's very much. Hope all of our listeners have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we will see you in the New Year with some more great podcasts. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take care.